Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 30? 1? 30. 30? 30. Just straight up episode 30. It's our dirty 30. The dirty 30. Yes. Okay. We are here. We mm, are so yeah. close to finishing this book and this series. I mean... That was like a lie. Three more episodes just for this book. That I lied. <laughs> you still lie. And then the books get longer. This is the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter series, I for my first time, and Robin is Cap. <laughs> In this episode, we'll be reading through uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, chapters 29 and 30. Yeah, just another two. I think, and the next couple, and then we'll end with three. Is that how you um, to do it? I don't know. I think the next one is probably going to be a twofer, if not a threefer. I feel it because because the next one's the third task, isn't it? It's, I that's think a I, big chapter. It is, but it's 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 thirty pages for mm. the next for that chapter. But the next two cha- chapters after that are kind of short. Mm-hmm. So I think we could manage to do like a sixty-page episode next time. But mm-hmm. we'd have to like. Blood. I think the next the last chapter would only be two chapters, and I'm not sure if that's awful or not. Right. Like it might be a. There's gonna be a lot of Dumbledore summing up, like I, he always does. I mean, let's let's talk about it after this. No, we should discover discuss it right now, with you, the listener. Stop hitting that pause button. Huh? I guess that's that covered. Yes, like we already you didn't have to do. I was giving you an out. It was the theater of the mind. That's too much to look at right now. We could have gone to the table of contents. <clears throat> I like doing it episode by episode. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> He wanted to be 37 episodes for this season alone. In a row? Hey, you, get back here. I could not. <laughs> um, Everything's a call and response with me. I know. I know you. I, I know. I know this. <laughs> I look around to the crowd like, the right? Anyone? Walls. Yeah. Remember when we were at the Halloween party and everybody kept asking you for forks? And it seemed like nobody else but me thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like, it was one of those moments where it was like, I felt like occasionally, like, it was just this weird thing where it was like, we both locked eyes and we were like, well, this silently agreeing, this is a bit now. <laughs> oh, those fucking forks. Anyway, um, in this episode, we'll be reading through chapters 29 and 30. Right. Dirty 30. I think that's what. What do you want to say? I, no, I even get that. Chapter thirty and episode thirty. Yeah, that's something really special. It is. It's it's uh, serendipitous. We have. I think we're gonna start. Oh, do we have any housekeeping? I don't think we did. But we do have a potential new segment on the show. I have prepared I, for that. I. I uh, <laughs> that's um, the next chapter for me. Actually, you know what? Let's do it at the beginning. Uh, uh, Let's do it in the next chapter. Okay. So that brings us to, with with no housekeeping, that brings us right into chapter 29. The dream. What is your first page, my friend? Oh, I have almost no notes for this chapter. I have a whole page of notes on this chapter. This is is my chapter, man. Awesome. This is my chapter. I have only a summary of this chapter. I thought I'd just read at the beginning. Okay. I wasn't sure if we'd have anything to talk about, and there's just some points to hit. A lot of setup in this chapter. Fred and George are definitely up to something. Ron really wants that attention. Yep, I'm going to hit all those. Okay. Here we go. Page 568. It's it's the moment where uh, Fred and George and are doing their whole bit, and uh, Ron is, like, interrogating them. Mm-hmm. Or trying to. Yeah. And 
He would not make a good horror. No, he would. And that, save it. Okay. <laughs> it comes okay. in later. Okay. <laughs> Again, if you're not reading along with this podcast, you're not going to get these jokes because it's very regimented by page. <laughs> I, I, I just love it when characters in fiction say with full sincerity, no hint of irony or self-reflection to another character. Stop telling people what to do. Because, like, you know, the act of saying that right. is literally telling someone what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there's not another way to word what his intention actually is. Right. Hey, when you say things like that to me, when, you're, when you boss me around, I find it irritating. Please stop. That's what he's really trying to say. Right. But instead, he does this thing that is... Ineffectual. You know, ineffectual and, and like, is like a double negative mm-hmm. for action. Anyway... This is Ron? Uh, no, that was uh, one of the other... That was like George. Oh, okay. Whichever one was the one who was threatening blackmailing. Because I think Fred was like trying to talk him out of it. I'm pretty sure that's the situation. I know George was trying to talk him out of it. Either way, I don't, then... they're, just, they're just interchangeable to me. Wow. Completely different. Sorry, twins. But then when they were caught, George had no choice but to double down. It's like, what were you talking about? He's the one who tied the letter to the oh. owl's leg. But he had been trying to... Like, you can't put that in the letter. What's going on there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I obviously can tell that these are. This is a peppered F level storyline and plot, mm-hmm. but it's, it's mm-hmm. obviously there since the beginning. You have no uh, theories. Inklings? You want me, you want oh. that? I know you want that. God, <laughs> I know you so want it so bad. bad. Give it to me. Um, because I don't remember from. I don't think it's covered in the book in the movie. I don't think it's. I don't. Oh, it's definitely not in the movie. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't remember this mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have no idea. Okay, but. I'm hoping that I'm just going to spitball ideas because okay. I don't know anything. Um, I, I either someone stole an invention of theirs and oh. they have proof and they're trying to blackmail that or they're trying to like strong arm that person into either giving them credit or funding from the invention. Okay. It's not bad. It's definitely not what happens because you have the worst poker face. The other idea is. <laughs> If I just grin at everything, you won't know. That, but that's not. But that's after I've alerted you to your terrible poker face. Oh, okay. <laughs> we should play poker. No. <laughs> I'll stick in my trivia wheelhouse. Thank you. <laughs> or uh, they something like they didn't get paid back for their bets on the Quidditch World Cup, and they are expecting whoever it is they made the bets with, whom I forget that is, to pay up. And if not, they are going to do something or whatever. They're, they're, trying, they're threatening it with something. Maybe exposing mm-hmm. that he was running an illegal gambling uh, circuit. Uh, and the other twins trying to say, don't do that. If you do that, you'll out us as gambling, which underage, which we're, or just illegally in general, and which we're not supposed to do. Don't fucking, like, you know, blow up our spot. And... Interesting. The other one thinks that that is the is the exact right thing to do because you got to put pressure on someone in order to get what you want. Um, those are my basically my two ideas. I don't really know. They they don't seem to be doing anything else. So like it's either that's true. It's either something like that or like all we have in this book. We have the canary cream, right? Was it this book? They yeah, but that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like they have they've made what they've done in this book is they've invented like treats or gadgets that do things. And they bet on the World Cup. Mm-hmm. That is all they've done. Because there's been no Quidditch, because it was canceled this year, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the uh, Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. So they're not on the team interacting with things. They did ask a girl out. 
That is the and she uh, seemed to have no choice but to say yes. Uh, hmm. I don't think that's what I didn't read that in that chapter. <laughs> I, I I'm read, just saying now they're blackmailing somebody. I read entirely different connotations in oh, that okay. scene. I'm just saying. Uh, um. Yeah, I don't think that's it at all. So my point is really like, in a in a literary sense, these characters don't have any other dangling threads. Mm-hmm. So if they if whatever there it is they're doing. Either we're going to hear about it one more time before it's revealed, or it's going to be so out of left field, it, it'll be like an R.L. Stein bullshit ending. Okay. And I don't think it's that because of the way you're responding. So uh, my bet is it's the money for the World Cup. But, and I'm fine if that's also wrong, but that's my bet. Um, and that's my, I think, end of my note on that idea. My next note is on page 570. You have no notes, so I'm just going to keep oh, going. Yeah, please. This is a big one. Uh, and it's sort of a note that's separate from just the specifics of this chapter and more of like, let's get into some nitty-gritty minutia about the Harry Potter world. Okay. Always I fun. have some problems with the Marauder's Map. Okay. Here are my problems with the Marauder's Map. Proceed. I don't think it's uh, unfair to say it's an immensely powerful magical object. Crazy powerful, yeah. Right. It is uh, incredibly important to the plot of this book mm-hmm. and the previous book, mm-hmm. at, at minimum, because it's introduced in the, the book before. You're right? absolutely right. Right. Every adult who is exposed to it, every adult who catches Harry with it, every adult who finds it is amazed by it, is really struck by how incredibly strong and powerful and interesting it is. Right. And they also see, act as if they've never seen anything like it, which I, I think is likely considering sure. that it's supposedly been created by four young wizards like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that is supposed to mean that the Marauder's Map is essentially a one-of-a-kind magical item. Okay, I'm, so I'm, I'm not off track at this I, point. As far as right? I know, yes, right. you're correct. So if that's the case, mm-hmm. I find it really strange, odd, unlikely, convenient maybe, that four high schoolers created something so novel, so powerful, so incredibly useful, but that it changes the fucking scope of these books, but that incredibly powerful, like, rare novel object is never duplicated Mm -hmm. or replicated or mass-produced, marketed, sold, profited, anything. And it seems like it would be entirely suited for that. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck? Did, like, how, how the fuck did these four guys, arguably one of which who was a complete loser and probably didn't contribute anything at all. I bet he could get into tight spaces to scout, to map rooms. Maybe, but I feel, maybe, maybe that's part of it. But that doesn't have anything to do with the enchantment. Sure, sure, sure. And the enchantment of the thing is the real good thing. Absolutely. Because you can get blueprints anywhere. Like if you, like for example, let's say, uh, Wormtail, Padfoot, uh, Prongs, Prongs, and Mooney. Mooney, go out and incorporate, sell their services to the Ministry of Magic, and say, how would you like to have a map that you can, like, uh, let's say, a full wall-sized map in the Ministry that will show you the whereabouts, locations, and motions of every person in the building. 
all you need to do for us is give us like blueprints of the of the ministry and we will enchant that like we will make you this object and you can have it in your boardroom or whatever where you can like your security rooms where you can stand and just watch it like a security camera and see who's doing what where mm -hmm. and who's in the building and who shouldn't be and all this other shit it seems so incredibly powerful and convenient and world changing absolutely but it's fucking in the hands of a couple of kids I'm just saying, like, it... Sure, sure. Here's my real beef. It didn't get introduced to us by happenstance. Fred and George had it. Right. Fred and George do eventually incorporate and sell their services as novelty, uh, you know, joke makers or whatever. Like, stuff like that. Why the fuck haven't... They invested all of their life into trying to figure out how the Marauders map was made and duplicate. Or why didn't James and Sirius go into thomic cartography? Yes. Um, besides, besides the the fucking war with Voldemort. Right, the war was going on, and so. Right. But no mention of like that's where they were going. No, no, no and no, that's no. and that's not a thing no. in the future that will be revealed, right? No. Yeah. What the fuck? Like it just, it's. It struck me in this chapter for some reason. I was reading it, and I and like I think I think Mooney gets the Marauders or not Moody, uh, Moody, not Mooney. Moody has the Marauders map, right? And it's like he's using it mm -hmm. to nefarious ends, absolutely. But he's also not like, how the hell does this thing work? I've got to figure it out because it would be incredibly useful for the Dark Lord to have, right? More than one copy, or like let's figure out how to do this to every place we need. Like I mean. Do this at Gringotts. Mm -hmm. Like do this, so you could like break in and you could find out where the guards are and you could find out where they're not. It's like it's like Batman Arkham Asylum. Like that's literally how that game worked. Was you would be looking at your map and you'd see like footprints near you and you would stop or whatever and then you'd wait till they go away or whatever some shit like sure. that. Sneaking games. You played Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. They're like got to be very similar, right? Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's essential to things like theft and and subterfuge. It's it's just it's broken. It's the problem with it is it breaks the world. It's too good to exist as with its origin and only in a singular form. Sure. Because if, if four high school students can make it, anybody should be able to make it. It might have just been a clever application of simple spells that, that they wove together and then into the map. No, I, I see what you're saying. I think it feels like she was trying to go for a Steve Jobs and Wozniak in their garage, just cobbling together this massive life-changing thing. She is later admitted it was way too powerful, and that's why she always comes sure. up with reasons to take it away. Right. Like the the reason I was going to suggest that it, it needs to get taken away is because it it entirely negates the usefulness of Polyjuice Potion mm -hmm. and the Invisibility Cloak. Right. So it nerfs all the other cool shit, so you can't really have it function. Introducing it fucks shit up. It's really cool. It makes a lot of sense, but having it fucks everything up. Anyway, it just it struck me in this chapter that that's happened. And that it doesn't doesn't make any sense. What struck you about it? Since we don't have it anymore. Well, that, that what struck me is that, like I said, Moody has oh, it. Talk to Moody. Yes, he right. looks at it, or sure. they talk about it because they're like, oh, they keep talking about it. They're like, oh, it only goes to the boundary, so we couldn't see if, if Crouch was where he went because it doesn't extend that right. far. And and then I'm like, why not make another one? Like, mm -hmm. why couldn't you literally Marauders map the entire fucking planet, and then have like a globe that. You could easily find literally anyone just by looking hard enough. Well, during this conversation, I've been thinking about how you would set it up in the first place, and I'm sure it's some sort of. I feel like they've talked about like a locator or warning spell, like a like sort of a magical tripwire. For what? For keeping someone out of your room, knowing someone's some gone somewhere. 
Okay. And if you could enchant a brick with that and have its reception be tied to the parchment and then like the next brick and, then, and so on all throughout that, that would take a long time to set the globe up with that kind of, that's like Google Street View in your house. Are you saying that the the way that the map works is there's a physical like tether on the grounds of Hogwarts that shows not a physical no like 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 they've come up with hot spots around for lack of a better word Hogwarts geolocating kind of yeah with all sorts of yeah, they, sensitive magic right. spells they're, they're that when you're near triangulating it, it's like, oh, the area Doug's like, here yeah. that's represented on the map right okay yeah. fair enough. Still, though, like that, a Ben Affleck daredevil. But but wouldn't that have to be applied to each individual person that they map? Not the person, the the rooms. Oh, see, that's the magic of it that is confusing and so powerful is that like they invented this thing before ever almost everyone who appears on the map was born. So somehow this magic has to register the person ha- registers people who didn't exist no, when right. it was created. Like Harry, like Hermione, every character. In, There's in the that school. book. At Hogwarts, that writes down your name if you're due for Hogwarts when you're born, if you're magic enough to go to Hogwarts. Okay. Maybe is that they... a real? Is that a real book, or is that just something Hagrid I believe, said? No, I, I believe. Oh, I, it. Well, Hagrid said it, but I believe it's been mentioned elsewhere too. Okay. Maybe. Well, you could say something like that, like it's tied into that, that book. In, yeah. Still, like. It's... Well, it's 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 rough as hell and I'm just making it up as I go. I mean, I would accept that and that would, I mean, see, see, that's the thing is attention to detail like that, even if, if that was real, that mm-hmm. would be enough to be like, oh, that's clever. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make sense for why someone like uh, Victor Crumb would appear on the map. Shit. Yep. Oh, nope. Nope. <laughs> Unless all the books are connected magically. But wouldn't all the, wouldn't they have to be physically like enchanted? No, I'm saying that the so, book's man. the database, and the map just refreshes. I don't think so. Yeah, this is what it is. Totally what it is. I got it. I got it. And I bet, like, up until their seventh year, the map was just footprints. And they're like, we know there's somebody in there. We don't know who it is. We can't creep on anybody. We can't creep on Evans. But then I bet it was, I bet it was Mooney. I bet he was like, wait, guys, that book. If we can implement that book, if we can connect our map to that book, it would pull all the data, and it would name all the footprints. I don't think so. Boom. I don't, I don't think so. Yep. I, I just think that's incorrect. <laughs> you like it, don't you? No, I yeah, I got lost in it, which means it's probably not very tight. <laughs> I just think you weren't listening. I feel I've been very clear about this. That is your that is your saying. <laughs> it's your catchphrase. <laughs> you should add into the edit here some like canned laughter and applause, like oh, you laugh track. Get arty. What was the thing you told me to say when you're married and you're in a fight? How about now? Are you okay now? Are you still mad at me now? Is that it? Yeah. You don't don't just let things slide. That's all I'm saying. You just keep picking You don't. That's the key to a happy marriage is not letting things slide. (laughs) You you keep digging. You needle them. You keep digging. This is. Wow. It's like I'm listening to Dr. Phil. Um. Or someone equally as Dr. Phil. is what? I don't think I have a Doctor Phil. Sorry. I think you could do one. I think I could, but I don't. I I, I don't want to. No, try I understand. It without thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. No. 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 Just I'm am saying I have full confidence you're in your ability, uh-huh. and I think you he's in your range. Gotcha. I think he's in your wheelhouse, and I think mm. you could do it. I don't want you to try. I'm just saying like, 
I have, because I'm not going to try. I have an expectation in my head that you will practice <laughs> and then eventually know. be able to pull out a Dr. Phil. Yeah, anyway, so... That's not something I would do at all. <laughs> um, the map. It, the it map. just seems like... Uh, I don't really need it to be explained. It just feels like if I can come up with a reason why it's confusing, there probably should have been something written to explain it. Yeah. Um, and Besides just magic. Yes, because again, just magic is magic is so old that in this case it doesn't work. Magic is so old that it doesn't make sense that four rando dudes could figure out this whatever enchantment they figured out, whatever collection of spells, whatever genius thing they figured out, they would do keep secret, and then again never apply to the rest of their lives after that. Like imagine this: you apply. Okay, where's Voldemort hiding? The Black Forest. Sure. You make a fucking Marauders map of the Black Forest. You find Voldemort. It should be easy to at least start like with a perimeter and make it smaller and smaller yeah. until you've yeah. And I will say, in your defense, uh, oh, I think you mean in agreement. We'll let the jury of your peers decide that. Um, Three people. <laughs> Lupin, okay, fine, call him Mooney, uh, has been poor and shabby. You would think it wouldn't be that hard for him to come up with an alternate identity and market this shit and not be poor or shabby. Uh-huh. Like, if he was smart enough to come up with the Marauder's Map, there's no reason he needs to be quite such a bum. Yeah. Or, it, like, he was... That's the thing, is he's the only one... He's the only one of them left. ...who's left and has the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Even if he wasn't masterful enough at all the different There's got to be somebody who likes him. Well, not like, only that, but, like, even if he... If, if, if everyone added a different thing, he would at least have, for lack of a better term, the map to make the map. He, mm -hmm. would, he, would, ha he would know the steps and the ingredients and the things that need to happen right. to go find the people that he could have help him make this mm -hmm. and become the richest wizard out there. Mm -hmm. Even if he literally just sold kits. Sure. Make your own map. Make your own tracking map. That's literally what people do with like surveillance systems for your house. Say a little batches of cameras and you install them, you set them all up, you've got security. Right. Because, I mean, I don't know if you remember this from the movies, but there's no distance on the map either. Distance limitation. You could be anywhere and watch who's doing what in Hogwarts. Oh, that's interesting. Which makes it really more that's powerful. A, yeah, much, much more powerful. So you could make them and have them for anywhere in the world. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of like a cell phone. <laughs> but I think I've already made that clear. But <laughs> Anyway, that was my big revelation for this chapter. I mean, I've got more notes, but that was the one where I was like, this feels like it's, a, it's one of those moments where I feel like, I've figured something out that sucks. Hold on to um, your garters. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Page 570, we get to poor, pathetic Ron. And I, As if he, too, were hoping he'd be told he had the makings of an order. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote down here, unfortunately for Team Rob, Ugh. it sure seems like the book thinks Ron is dumb and needy. I'm not saying it's Team Rob. <laughs> Ron, he's just a character. We all like a lot of characters in these books. Yeah, no, there's certainly not a specific individual who's lobbied for Ron not being as depicted in the films because in the book he's so much better and treated so much better and you'll see it when you read the books he's just it's so much he gets so much more to do you know like there's there's things that Hermione does in the films than in the books they just it's Ron doing them but when you see the movies he just has that face 
he does that thing with his face where he's like, <laughs> and it's just like, they just, they just saw that he could do it. Rupert, nothing against him, nothing against Rupert, but he could do it. I love Rupert, but they just kept layering it on and layering it on. Every chance they got, they would make him make that stupid fucking face. Yeah. And I just, it's not my Ron. It's not how Ron is depicted in the books. So, my memory for shit like Grappler Zorn, <laughs> you have her conversations that you allegedly had in the past with unnamed but probably attractive participants. Is what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I guess, I guess, yes. <laughs> just, just spitball on there. Just very specific. Just ending yourself. Specific things about conversations I remember. I guess it's it's not so much. I don't remember Grappler's uh, Orn, but... We helped them! Do <laughs> you remember Grappler's Orn? No. No, no. I don't remember names of characters in the books we're reading, but I remember exactly things you've said. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Marauder's Map, mm -hmm. you can use the information I have said to remember things, shit like Grappler's Orn. Yeah, now. Yeah, you will populate... As long as you say it, I'll remember Right. That's what I'm saying. I'll remember that. Okay. And potentially recite it to you later. <laughs> if not um, exactly mm. in close spirit. Okay. <laughs> anyway, my, I wasn't trying to embarrass you or like really like I don't string you up or anything. It's just like it was one of those moments that made me laugh because I was like, ooh, <laughs> poor Rob. It, okay. It's conceivable that I had firmly developed. No, but that doesn't work either. It does with you. No, I was going to say firmly developed this theory yeah. before I saw the oh, movies. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to say you'd firmly developed the theory before reading the books with that in mind and then no. excluded all opportunities or instances. Because I read this book yeah. before the first movie came out. Yeah. So that doesn't work. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, all that could be true as well, and I just wasn't reading close enough. It's it's not that important, but it's, it's that it, important. I mean, I, it's you don't have it's okay. You don't have to defend yourself that hard. History turns on moments like this. What if you have a time turner? <gasps> Fucking Ron, hit that guy. Because <laughs> it's not the only part. Like like they they have that part where he like he's like really wanting to be told he he has what it takes to be an order, and then there's like a, another one later. He was like, and, and what about this? And like. Moody's just like, nope, <laughs> or something like, I don't know. Something happens like that where it's just like, but, and to his defense in this moment, that's not really Alistair Moody. That's what, true. What does he, this guy really we'll have, know? We'll have more on that in the next chapter. About what a real or has to what it takes or whatever. Um, he knows that they think. He knows something. He's he's definitely a master manipulator, as we see that's in the true. next chapter. Um, well, and that's what I want to talk about. Right. Well, so uh, moving on from there. Sorry, Ron. Uh, page 573. Uh, <laughs> there's a point where they're talking about they get the uh, they get the owls back from Sirius and they're reading it. And they're talking about what they're going to do because Harry's bitching about what Sirius told him to do. Sure. And Ron refers to Sirius as Snuffles. Right. And then both Harry and Hermione directly reference him as Sirius yeah. in, after that. And so I, my only note was like, well, I guess that didn't last very long. <laughs> no, it didn't last. 
And similarly, I remember the first time I read this thinking that was going to be a plot point. Right. Call me Snuffles. We didn't call him Snuffles enough. Right. That's going to go somewhere. Right. Doesn't go anywhere. No. Seems like it should. It Seems sh- like it's they kind made of- a real big point of bringing up. There's a there's a thing in a narrative called the payoff. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't. No. Great. No. <laughs> Great. Oddly enough, things like Leprechaun Gold pays off, sort of. Yeah. This is like a, this is like a joke. I know, but I made it last time. So. Oh, you did. Yeah. I said Leprechaun Gold payoff, pun not intended. Oh, you said that. Yeah, I did. Oh, I I've got that note. I only listened to that episode once. Oh. I guess. You want, you want to do it again? I guess my joke just faded into nothingness as if it was worthless. <laughs> and now we are redeemed. The prestige. <laughs> I was a twin all along. Uh, okay. Uh, 577. Okay. Uh, it's about Harry's dream. It's right. about the fucking title of the chapter. Right, right, right. Um, I'm telling you, dude, Professor Trelawney is one of the best professors in the school. Okay. I, I mean, like, I think she's supposed to be written as a goof, but Harry, I'm telling you, Harry has, okay, he has two strengths. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't value either of them. He is good at flying on a broom. Yep. And he is really good at divination. <laughs> That's true. He is really, really good at it. He's the only one who has dreams. He's the only one who has dreams. He like prophetic ones. Yeah. He also has this tendency to like make predictions about himself and in while like focusing on divination, make mm-hmm. predictions about himself as if he's not trying, and then they come true kind of. Or at least you can be they could be interpreted as coming through. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think that that she it's interesting to see this because it's like she's probably the professor he needs to spend the most time with and really hone in on this, but because he's such a dummy, he's not going to. And because the whole, again, the whole book, especially with Hermione and everybody doubting her sure. abilities and her even her school of practice, it's just disappointing to think about how much potential he could, like, really focus on there and, and like, actually grow to be an interesting character because there's nobody else in the school who seems to be good at this right. besides her. And that could be a cool thing. Like, it's a thing that he has on his own, like like Parcel Tongue. I guess it's a third... I mean, he's not really good at it. He just has that ability. Right. Um, but it's a unique thing about him that is actually a skill he has that he could make use of that, at least right now, it doesn't seem like he is or will again. This I, I even have suspicion this might be one of the last times we see him have visions like this. Um, I don't remember, though. I feel like he at least has some sort of prophetic dream in every book so far. Okay. I, 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 I would doubt it doesn't come up ever again. Okay. Well, this one seems like a big deal one. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's the one where he actually brings up to Dumbledore that his scar burns, mm-hmm. and then Dumbledore, that's next chapter, but he knows. He knows. All right. Uh, and I, I also wrote down that I think Harry should have told Trelawney about his dream, maybe in private, maybe not with the other students, but I think... I wish he had, I guess is what I'm saying, because I don't want him to tell the other students what he knows. Right. But I think he can trust her, and I would really like to see her come out more as a as a shining star teacher. Mm-hmm. I really much like. I would much. Uh, I would very much like to see Professor Trelawney get more respect. Mm-hmm. Not because I think that you know New Age bullshit is real or anything, sure. but just like it's fucking magic. It's like, clearly real in the it, in the in the realm of this book. Well. I don't even know if it's clearly real, but like we know there are prophecies just from knowing. Ahead. But we don't really know that they are always true. Oh, I see. What you're, yeah, okay. Like that's the thing about prophecy is sure, sure. the line between prophecy and bullshit is non-existent because it's the same thing. So like, <laughs> so it just depends on which one comes out to be correct. Right. That 
that's the that's literally the only line is the difference between prophecy and bullshit is when one's correct it becomes prophecy when one's wrong it's bullshit gotcha so the so i feel like she's in this situation where she's always in that line but like she she's a professor in it because she has a you know a tendency to be potentially more correct mm -hmm. than most other people like she's a higher percentage or she's more in tune with what you need to where you need to be emotionally or, or what practices you need to take in order to do it to be correct either way she has something that is unique to her and then also appears to be unique to harry and i w wish this book would focus on stuff like that and it might i guess you're saying that he has more visions and stuff but well, it i don't want to give you hope well yeah, too, yeah. all right whatever <laughs> um <laughs> that chapter uh had a secret clue in it did you oh, did notice it, it? <laughs> um did i notice the secret clue yeah that i'm being real vague about because i don't want to give you any probably not giveaways okay if i didn't bring it up and talk i mean there's times when i see clues when i don't talk about them sure because i'm like well i know what this is i, I guess that's the trouble with fi trying to find clues but i don't i don't think i did okay i'm gonna just say i didn't it's one of those where like later in the book when x happens i go back and like oh yeah oh i think i let me let me posit this one okay i think it's this one okay Unless this happened in the next chapter. There's one moment where Hermione said, where Harry's bitching about not being able to get out to the, to find Crumb and get back to, uh, what's his name, Crouch, fast enough. Right. And what he says is, he says, you know, if the fucking Snape hadn't been there stopping me, I would have gotten there faster. And Hermione says, well, what if Snape was trying to stop, to stop you from getting there? And... The, I think that she's correct. I think oh. I think Snape was protecting Harry. Mm. I think Snape's arm is burning, and he knows that he knows because of what Krakoroff has come by and talked to him about, because of his arm and all that shit. He knows that Voldemort's nearby. He knows this shit's going down, and he knows Harry's on his list. And as we learn way later, Snape is protecting Harry in a lot of different ways. Like, he, well, he fucking does it in the first sure. fucking book, sure. but like. I think this is another one of those moments. Mm -hmm. I think that whoever came and got Crouch and fucking killed him, I'm guessing, um, I don't remember how that goes, but like judging by what happens in the next chapter, it certainly seems like he's fucking dead. Um, Snape was trying to stop Harry mm -hmm. from being there when that happened. So That's not the part I was talking about. Oh. And around there, there is another thing, but I don't want to talk about that yet either. But now is where you tell me that I did a good job and that I found the secret thing that... I found I found one. I found a clue. I found I found a thing. Tell me. You found something. I, I knew it. <laughs> Huzzah. Might want to consider a career as an horror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that brings us to chapter 30. The Pensieve. Okay, so... We're coming to a new segment in Death Readers that we're going to call the New Word Alert. New Word Alert. <laughs> and I think we both, uh, this is a segment where, where we're going to tell you guys new words we learned in our reading. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> it is. We're, Before you say what it is, okay. is it on 586? I didn't put down what page oh, okay. it was on, but I have 
Well, you just go first. Uh, go for it. What, what's your word? We, oh, you, I, you it, it's first. not related to the thing. So I, my my first is a different note. So we can. Just... Oh, I mean, well, my my first note is the word. So, so I, I want to hear you. I want to hear the word. Unctuous. Oh no, I knew unctuous. I didn't know unctuous. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know unctuous. I know unctuous because I've read David Copperfield. But please tell me. Oh, just unctuous. That's the word. It's it means uh, excessively or in ingratiatingly flattering. Mm-hmm. Like like Uriah Heep. Oily. Like what? Uriah Heep from David Copperfield. I was like, my eye's not a heap. Hmm. Um, well, in this one, it's Karkarov, I think, in his uh, deposition. He's, uh, he's you know, Harry mentions that he has a, uh, the, uh, a hint of unctuous in his, or he has an mm-hmm. unctuous hint in his tone or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, I don't, I don't know that word. <laughs> <laughs> and then I Googled it and I was like, oh, okay. Um because I think it, it's probably related to ungulates, oil. Isn't that an oily thing? Ungulates are uh, are are hoofed mammals. Isn't there a word for like? Well, then never mind. Like cows. Clearly, and, and moose. I didn't know a word. Ungulates. It's <laughs> totally not what I was thinking. Huh. Anyways, my word was not that. What's your word? Serried. Okay, I don't. I must have missed in it. the courtroom the 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 serried seating. Oh, okay. What does it mean? Rows of people or things standing close together. Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah! We have a Bleachers. segment on death readers. <laughs> yeah, we do. New word alert. Hope you wrote that down because I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna I read them. New word alert. <laughs> There's this. So like five years ago, uh, when I was. I would come. I would drive to work in the middle of the day, and on the weekends, Herman Cain had a radio show, uh, and he had this thing he would do, where he would where he would tell you new stories, like news stories, and I would listen to it on the way in because I fucking hated it and it just gave me energy. <laughs> uh, it gave me hate fuel. Right. And I uh, he would do this thing where he, when he transitions from a news story to another news story. He would shout the name of the news of the segment of the show, and if that wasn't weird enough, the segment of the show was named real fucking weird, and so he'd say something like, you know, President Donald Trump, or or like Donald Trump is running for president and he's doing this in this place. He's polling high in Iowa and he's uh, getting a lot of coverage on CNN. News nugget. <laughs> <laughs> And then he transitioned. That's a choice. And he, exactly. <laughs> it's the choice of a crazy man. Oh. <laughs> wow. And then he'd go into like the next story, whatever the fuck it would be. And he'd just be like, you know, people are trying to take your guns or something like that or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's always stuck in my head. <laughs> News nugget. That was his audible punctuation. Yeah, that was his oh. like, like his wipe. <laughs> 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 but like for audio. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> New word alert. New word alert. <laughs> anyway, um, I have one note for this chapter. Okay, I've got a few. Okay, mine's on 591. 583. Go for it. He pulled his wand out and stuck it in the pen sieve. Yeah. Why? I think he mentioned because he didn't want to touch it with his fingers. I, but what did he want to touch it? Why did he want to stick his wand in anything? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's not a cool. That's not cool. Why? It feels good. Mm. Mm-mm. Um, but follow up to this JK goes out of her way to put Harry in these crazy situations where he has um, where he's the catalyst 
Yeah. But it's not his fault, or at least he's uh, sympathetic. Right. And it's like listening to a four-year-old explain why he accidentally ate all the cookies. Yeah. I didn't mean to fall into the pensive. Right. It was just out. He does it so often, just to like further the story. But after a while, you're like, take some fucking responsibility, man. You're not a four-year-old or, or eating the delicious cookies. Talking about taking responsibility, take that step back and say, write something more compelling. Like, find a way for him to get involved in this thing that's more than just, uh-oh. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Like, how many times has this happened to him where it's like, uh-oh, I guess I'm here now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Chad from SNL. Yeah, it's exactly that. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can just, do it. he's just the worst. <laughs> but I agree, I agree. Like, the one thing was weird, but I think it was mostly... I, I mean, I don't know. Because first I remembered it like he stuck his wand in, didn't do anything, so he stuck his face in, which would be really stupid. Right. Because there's that's a number not of things that can't eat, you know, that wouldn't eat through wands that could eat through your face. No, it's not how it's written. It, it makes a little sense. Oh, it's just, it's the thing. I'm trying to see it better. I'm trying to see it better. Yeah. Falls in. I, I get that. But the poking his nose in, literally, in the first place. Right. Where it doesn't belong. Without any better reason than... I'm, I am just trying to give her a little bit of credit and say it's a little clever to say that he's sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong. I said that. Which I think she's trying to do. Is what I'm, saying. I'm not saying I, I, I took, made that connection. Yes, but I'm saying... No, I made that. That was all me. Okay, but I'm saying... I'm J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast for some time. I'm just saying it's... Surprise I'm, guest. I'm trying to acknowledge her for doing something clever. You can tell by my English accent. Yes. That I am J.K. Rowling. Have you thought about a career as an order? I was actually going to criticize her in this section for the way she wrote the description of the pensive. Okay. She made it, the way it was written is it's something like, he saw below the bowl a hole in the floor that looked like a room. That doesn't describe what is happening. I don't think that's what she wrote. I think she wrote expecting to see the bottom of the bowl underneath of glowing, swirling, Mm-hmm. He instead saw a room where the basin of the bowl should have been. 583. A shallow basin lay there with odd carvings around the edges, runes and symbols that Harry did not recognize. The silvery light was coming from the basin's contents, which were like nothing Harry had ever seen before. Mm-hmm. He could not tell whether the substance was liquid or gas. It was a bright whitish silver, and it was moving ceaselessly. The surface of it became ruffled, like water beneath wind. And then, like clouds, separated and swirled smoothly. It looked like light made liquid, or like wind made solid. (laughs) Harry couldn't make up his mind. He wanted to touch it, to find out what it felt like. But nearly four years' experience of the magical world told him that sticking his hand into a bowl full of some unknown substance was a very stupid thing to do. He therefore pulled his wand out of the inside of his robes, cast a nervous look around the office, looked back at the contents of the basin. How you doing? And prodded them. The surface of the silvery stuff inside the basin began to swirl very fast. Harry bent closer, his head right inside the cabinet. The silvery substance had become transparent. It looked like glass. He looked down into it, expecting to see the stone bottom of the basin, and saw instead... An enormous room below the surface of the mysterious substance, a room into which he seemed to be looking through a circular window in the ceiling. I think that was the part that confused me. Gotcha. Is that it's like you're you're looking into the basin, which looks like the, it should be the floor, but it's a ceiling. 
that there's, whole there's, there's one too many analogies yeah, or similes there that that that, that well, make you it's spatial. Metaphors? This issue sure. is the spatialness of it. Mm-hmm. It's the describing that it's the bottom of the bowl that he is expecting to be the bottom of the bowl, but it looks like it's a hole in the floor, but also it's a hole in the ceiling. It's like someone trying to describe their dream before they forget it. Yeah, it's just it's, too, it's, it's, it's too it, much. Exactly. Yeah, um, I can see that. Where I'm like, uh, yeah, it's just like what? Like I literally had to put the book down and think, like, is he is he seeing a hole in the floor? Like I remember thinking that is he seeing a hole in the floor? I, I know what your problem is. <clears throat> you haven't read these books enough, so we're gonna start over right now. All right, chapter one, the boy who lived. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I won't stop there because that's I, where it runs I think out. I want to take a note here on that chapter. I think it's page eight. I want to take a note on how uh, Professor McGonagall is <laughs> totally <laughs> shitting down the wall of the neighbor's garden wall. Because she's been sitting there all day. All day. Like hours and hours there is and hours. a time turner. Take me back. Take me back, Clarence. I want to live. Remember that thing we said about how I can remember? (laughs) To be fair, you have listened to the podcast again. I have, but like the odd thing about re-listening to it is that things will happen and like our conversation will go a certain place and I will think, yeah, it's like this. And then in a couple seconds, I will say that and I'll be like, all right. Yeah, that just happened. Hmm. That that happened a lot when I went back and edited those first six that I hadn't heard for a while. I'm yeah. Like, oh. That's yeah. A really good point that I'm currently making. There's. I know that I'm currently making. There was one where we had. Uh, I think it was like we did. I don't remember what it was, but it was earlier this summer where we did one, and I was listening to it while I was walking outside, and I remember like I was listening, and I was, I think I said out loud, blah 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 blah, and then in the podcast I said it exactly the same way, and I was like, ah! I did like. <laughs> Scared myself. Right. Anyway, back to the book. We were talking about Harry sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. Yeah, we yes. were. I think she covers that pretty clearly in that same section I just like read, mm-hmm. though. Like, he leaned in to get a better look. Um, I still think it's... I agree. It's weird, because I think the thing for me that's tough is that I'm thinking of the movie. In the movie, it's very clearly like a liquid. It mm-hmm. looks very obviously like some sort of, like, water. Why, and that you wouldn't want to stick your face in. It's not like... It's Non-Newtonian like, clouds. I don't. They're I don't remember like being clouds. I remember swirling being together, like, but also individual. I, in my memory, it's like this. It looks like some sort of liquid-ish thing, like 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 she's describing. Sure. Harry can't make up his mind. Right. But there are these like wispy bits of like tissue almost in okay. them that feel like they're like floating around. These you know uh, ectoplasm stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, but ectoplasm itself is kind of liquid. It, it has this sort of, you know, sticky context or there's a better word there. Um, viscous? No, I was thinking of texture. That's mm. it. Viscous texture. Okay. We can both be right. Well, but I knew what I was trying to say and I said it wrong. So I am right. That's why I corrected myself. Holy cow. 591. Okay. 588. Okay. Uh, clever misdirect. Uh-huh. In that the pensive kind of informs Moody's character, vouching to Harry and the audience that Moody could never be a Death Eater. Yes, that that it's just it's just, it's just a cool way to. But when when, when when Swiss happen, you're like, what? We know this guy is insane about doing this. But never hits the flask. True. 
Well, but he's famous for hitting the humidity. He just wasn't thirsty. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You only need to take a sip from the flask every hour. He does need to. Yeah. Because um, he's an alcoholic. I think in England they just say thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, England. I'm thirsty too. Um, like Ron. <laughs> oh, God. Like Crumb. I've just been thirsty for attention. Oh. God. I thought you meant for sex. Oh, no. Oh. Well, yes. We're so foolish. <laughs> um, so, about the pensive. Okay. She does this in a clever way that I inferred iFrog DNA'd it. Ooh. But, I'm, but I wanted to, get, to clarify and see if I'm correct. So, the thing, uh, the, the way Dumbledore ev- eventually describes the pensive, he's like, I just, you know, it's for my thoughts. And sometimes you have too many of them. And it's easier to see them like this. Mm-hmm. But while Harry's in the memory, he physically moves in space to different people's perspectives. Are those the memories from the other people of the same incident? I don't think so. I thought he moved in space because there were different days and Dumbledore was sitting in a different place. Oh, is that what it was? I thought that's what it was. That probably is more accurately what it is. But I want to posit then, do you think it's possible to combine two different pensive memories into one narrative from different, essentially, camera angles. That's kind of what he did here, though, isn't it? No, he... he, he... Oh, you mean like two different peoples? Yes, yes of the I same do. time I think, period, I the think same that event. should be totally doable. Right. I'm always wondering, why isn't he, both in this and in Riddle's diary, not seeing from the point of view of... Dumbledore? Like he's whomever, next to him? whomever the memory belongs to. Yeah, I don't know. That That's weird. Well, it makes me wonder if if the memories in the pensive are truer than you know, how you... Edit your memory and, and, and fuck up your memory right. over time. The memory in the pensive is like, no, this is what really happened. And that way you can examine it and be like, oh, right, I misremembered things. This is what really happened because it's like a recording of what really happened, not how you remember it. Or you could just ask me to recite it and then I would verbatim. Because of your perfect memory. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Using my own words against me. I wish it was a little more clear that yeah. she was moving from day to day. I mean, I think she is clear, but it's just like visually. Because I mean, she even like they, she explains the weirdness and then goes, "Harry understood. Right. It was a different day, a different trial." But that was the thing I was really hoping for it being like I was really intrigued by the idea of like combining the pensive's memories of different people in, into one thing. Because here's the thing: all three of the men in that room were there in that in those days. From the, the Harry's looking at the pensive mm-hmm. memories of. So in theory, I thought, oh, cool. Were they all in that room pulling out the same memories of the same day, right. putting it into the thing and watching it together mm-hmm. and sort of trying to see, like, from each, each other's perspectives what they remembered and what they saw so that they could get each get a better idea about what was happening. I was like, that would be a really cool that would be really device cool. to be able to use in the story and to, for, like, crime solving and things like that or mystery solving. Uh, but then it's not that. It's just, like, a different – it's just, like, a timeline from different days. And that's less cool. She I mean, has it's a cool, lot but... of ideas that can make entire stories on their own. Yeah, and they just become like a a plot point. Move on. Right. Because I mean, this this is you know the equivalent of Minority Report. Here. Yeah, it's very much true. Or uh, future crime. Future crime. Yeah. But it's just you know a small part of a small chapter. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing. That's why. Like your the its ideas are great, but we want them explored more. But like one of the things she did that made me feel like that was what was happening is when she first makes the transition to the next day, uh, Harry's narration says something like, 
uh, Harry could notice that or notice that the the tone in the room was entirely different. Mm-hmm. Like the feeling in the room was entirely different this day. And I thought that would that would make total sense if you were in somebody else's head who had an who was in a different mood. Mm-hmm. Like if the memory was of someone who was in an entirely different mood, rose-colored glasses would make this situation feel better than it probably was from another person's perspective who was having a harder time. And I thought that's a really cool way to illustrate that. And mm-hmm. then it's not what she did. Right. Um, it's sort of what she did, but not. I understand what you mean. Yeah, though. not exactly as like right. clever. Right. Audible eye roll of self-reflection. I'm, I'm not actually being clever. I'm just being a jerk. I was just thinking about an audible eye roll, thinking like dice in a tumbler. That's because you watch Looney Tunes. <laughs> For years, I wanted cybernetic implants to make my eyes go blink, blink. Oh yeah, those are good. That's a good one. I like the dice roll one. That's good too. Five ninety one. What do you got? Five ninety two. Okay, so I had this other idea about that trial. Okay. So you know how like Hogwarts kind of seems like a death trap. Yep. All the time. All the time. And how like dealing with the children at Hogwarts seems like hell. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. Well, what if, as part of their punishment for being former Death Eaters, both Severus Snape and Igor Kokorov were sentenced to serve as teachers <laughs> at magic schools <laughs> for oh. an, for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hell. <laughs> and it would probably That's make... cruel and unusual. It would also make sense for why they're both such dicks and such grouchy assholes all the time because they hate being there. Yep. I'll go to Azkaban. Nope. Nope. Or, or like, it's that... It's that Petey Wheatstraw moment where he's like, you can marry my daughter. And he's like, no. And then he's like, or you can live in hell. And he's like, I'll think about it. <laughs> Check out our Patreon for more on that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Plug the Patreon. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but it's like that. It's like, you know, you can be like, well, you can go to, you can serve it. You can be a teacher at uh, Hogwarts and like, oh, God, no. And then like, oh, Azkaban it is. And he's like, oh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me reconsider Hogwarts. But then I actually have to think about right, it. Right, right. Oof. Ooh, it's pretty even, <laughs> pretty even shit. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me I can go to a prison that's on an island, presumably, where there are undead, rotting ghost corpses <laughs> that suck all the joy out of my life and body and brain, or I go to a place where all the water supplied from the same sources where all the excrement gets flushed? <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> the undead joy stealers or 13 year olds <laughs> I mean I think you just made Hogwarts seem worse than Azkaban <laughs> the cum- cumulative effects of drinking water for the- it contains a lot lot and lot and lot a lot of human shit yeah <laughs> and and just depression <laughs> you know what a lot of people deal with every day depression <laughs> <laughs> It seems, it seems like it's it's going way in the favor of Azkaban over here. Lock me up. If you're 13 and listening, (laughs) we appreciate your listenership. Listenership, sure. Um, That's all my notes. (laughs) 392. Yeah, let's do it. Ludo Bagman. Okay. I'm gonna butcher some World War II history here. Oh, let's fucking do it. (laughs) Are you? You know, you know what World War II is famous for lacking butchery god damn it <laughs> I, I was even expecting it and i just oh it hurt are you familiar with pg woodhouse pg Wee straw no check out our patreon for that joke 
<laughs> Are you familiar with P.G. Woodhouse, the mm. author? No. Jeeves and Wooster, Blanding's Castle, a lot of other things. No. Okay. Very famous British humorist. Okay. In the 19, like, 10s through 40s. All right. There were a lot of books, a lot of very funny ones that are, are quite hilarious. Um, all the British comedians I like cite him as a... As a um... Inspiration. <laughs> Influence. Yes! An inspirifluence. Um, he got in trouble. He was living in Germany for a while during the war and got rounded up and put into a, you're you know, English, so we're going to put you in a prison kind of thing. I think at one point he was in a cell. There were supposed to be cells, one person to a cell, and there were four people in there, and the oldest person got the bed, and he was not the oldest person. Um, but he was really famous, and his family mounted a huge campaign to get him out. And finally the German, I, I, I'm, I'm going to just super loose, skimmed Wikipedia today, but he got out and put into a hotel that he had to pay for with all the money he had made in Germany that had been frozen when he was captured. Um, so he was living a hotel life, and for whatever reason, the Germans came to him and were like, hey, you should make a series of humorous broadcasts, a little broadcast like American troops, saying, hey, German POW time's not so bad. And he, being P.G. Woodhouse, is like, Oh, I get a chance to be funny. Cool. That's the extent of his thought. <laughs> and he does it. He does five. And they were called something to be how to be an internee without previous training. <laughs> yeah. it's Even just the title's clever. Yeah. Um, and he does this. And it's not like a Mother Night situation where he's sending out secret codes or anything. He's just doing this. Fucking Britain loses their mind. Like... You fucking, you're working with the Nazis. You're fucking, oh. But all of these, um, all of his friends, his writer friends, like A.A. Milne, who wrote Pooh, and Orwell, they're like, no, he's just a fucking idiot. He's just a fucking idiot. He's a fucking idiot. Shut up. I've already had this comparison. Made. I'm Shut sorry. Up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am <up>. sorry. <laughs> I've told this to other people. It's been drawn. At that, Shut up. At that same moment, did they all make the same face I made? <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways, I feel like this is the inspiration for Ludo Bagman's trial, <laughs> including okay. including his his response to this, which was, of course, I had to have had the sense to see that it was a loony thing to do to use the German radio for even the most harmless stuff. But I didn't. I suppose prison life saps the intellect. That's what it was. And I feel like. That is a that's being directly referenced here with Ludo Bagman's like, well, I guess it was just dummy. I didn't know. And that's yeah, the only that's cool. comparison being drawn. <laughs> <laughs> Little history lesson for you. I didn't know any of that. That's very interesting. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I found that very enlightening and, and entertaining. Yes. For well, only historical purposes. Yes, of course. Exclusively. <laughs> 595. Mm-hmm. About Barty Crutch. Gina. Okay, which one? Okay. In the in the pensive of memory, but okay. knowing what we know, okay, is he innocent? No, or driven mad by Azkaban into thinking he should be on Voldemort's side, because he seemed really. I, I get he could be manipulative. The reason I have a problem with it, or a suspicion. Hmm. See, that is going to come into spoiler territory. Well, the thing is, like, we already like. I know he has a big problem with people who pretended to be imperialist. Or confronted. Oh. And he's just like, they wouldn't do that to the Dark Lord. They're not true believers kind of thing. Right. 
So, but that's exactly what he was doing, which I guess could be described or, or explained by insanity or just. But the problem is we already know he is moody. Right. So, like, he isn't doing. I'm saying that com- the thing I just said will be said later in the book. Oh, okay. That, okay. that he, I think it, it might be mentioned in the movie. I don't remember. But but just, just to color this, he's like, if you weren't fucking going down with the ship, then you're not a true Death Eater. Right. He's not going down with the ship here. Right. Bellatrix is like, fuck you, uh, Voldemort. Oh, I was going to say, I was wondering if that was Bellatrix. But he was just like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm sorry, mommy. Yeah. She's not name-checked in that chapter, though. Uh, I thought they said the Lestranges. Not no no in in that in the chapter in the chapter are you sure there's a woman who is not named in any way who I says to him saying she's heavy lidded yeah yeah and exactly totally remembered and 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 what she says is well the dark lord will come back and he'll come for us only us because we were the only ones who were loyal or something mm. like that and I my, when I was reading it, I was thinking that sounds like Bellatrix Lestrange oh totally but I swear they said uh, so we're gonna look what page five ninety one is that what you said or five ninety three well I mean sure if I had written down the Exact page number right there. Well, that was Ludo Beg, so 595. I mean, I read aloud earlier. Mm. I don't know where it is. I'll read aloud when I get to it and (laughs) clip out all this space. Sure you will. The boy's three companions rose quietly from their seats. The woman, with the heavy-lidded eyes, looked up at Crouch and called, The Dark Lord will rise again, Crouch. Throw us into Azkaban. We will wait. He will rise again and will come for us, and he will reward us beyond all of his other supporters. We alone were faithful. We alone tried to find him. So you're right she wasn't name-checked there. I'm not yet admitting to the chapter. She's definitely... Ref- the, the, the Lestranges are referenced in yeah. the books already. Uh, I know that. I know that. But I'm asking when he's no, no, asking I'm, about I'm the I'm confirming bottoms. to you that I understand it. I understand that. You understand okay. that. Good. I hope you understand. No. You're right. Oh, it's not about that. It is. It is not right. about. It's so about that. I owe thee an answer for that. Um, so are you suggesting that he his defense is that he's being uh, imperious by someone? There? No, no, no. I'm I'm actually wondering if he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. And and is just seventeen and in Azkaban and goes nuts. But all the stuff he did before, like. Didn't he do anything before? We don't know that he did anything before. But why would she say that then? Why would she include him? She stood up and saying, us, she could have been saying, we three will rise again. And this kid's here hanging with her. I don't fucking give a fuck about him. We're Death Eaters. Fuck that kid. Why? Maybe it was part of a plot to get out and can, and actually go. Four of us got caught. You're the most innocent. You can go after and look for Voldemort. I don't know, I man. Just, I just, it, it, it always seems... All know. of his pleas seem very genuine, but they also seem like the kind of thing that a master manipulator would be able to say and do. That's true. That's true. So I just don't know. I don't know. I know that the, it it's tricky when a thing like the Imperius Curse exists, mm-hmm. but I don't uh, I don't understand. I guess the curses that well because my understanding of the Imperius Curse is not so much that you can behave normally when you're uh, the subject of it. It certainly seems like you're kind of like a little little In a trance. Yeah, you're a little trance like. I believe you can. Behave normally. Okay. Like a sleeper agent. Okay. I believe that's part of it, or at least by the seventh book. Well, I don't know. I, don't... Um, I didn't write anything down about it, but uh, the torture of the long bottoms gets expounded on a little bit. You know yeah, I mean? in a very touching way. Yeah. I thought I thought it was really well done and sad, um, in the kind of way where you know you, 
it's that the thing that I like about it more than anything is I think we've most people by the time they die mm-hmm. uh, uh, have had an experience where they've learned a secret of someone they know mm-hmm. and felt guilty about learning the secret because it's a painful secret that that person chose not to share with you. Mm-hmm. But you learned it anyway. And Why do you keep looking at me? That, I'm not. Because I'm, you're the podcast guy. <laughs> you're here with me. <laughs> what do you know? But, like, she depicts the the way that that happens mm-hmm. in a re- very realistic way where you're like, I, like, I've had situations where someone was like, well, you know that about, like, why were you talking shit about me? Why were you talking behind my back? And it's like, I, I wasn't really, it just, like, it came up. Like, I wasn't trying to, we were just talking and this thing happened. I wasn't really talking about you or down on you. And then information was revealed. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't searching for it kind right. of thing. And that's exactly what happens to Harry here is he just... It's he stumbles upon this kind of probably sad secret that Neville's been deliberately withholding, and because it's painful, sure, he wants absolutely. to be a normal kid. And I will say, uh, without trying to give too much away, unlike a lot of things that have come up, this one does have a great kind of heartbreaking payoff in the fifth book. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, my question for you then is, what do you think is worse, having dead parents or insane parents? Is it the same as Harry, where you've never met yeah, your parents? Yeah, it's, it's literally comparing Harry. The insane parents way worse. Okay. Yeah. I think I agree. Yeah. I, I just it's because you can you can always I mean Harry couldn't, but you can always get a father or mother figure surrogate, someone to care for you. I think Harry has a lot of those. He just doesn't appreciate them. Well, that's actually very very true. Except for Sirius, the criminal. <laughs> Except for when he tells him not to do stuff. Yeah. Then it's right back into the shitter. Yeah, then he's like, I hate everyone with authority. <laughs> Wouldn't it would be great? What if I just burned my orphanage down? Because <laughs> that's what Voldemort did. That wouldn't be great at all. And Harry's a little Voldemort. They didn't deserve it. He's got a little Voldemort in him. And when he sees him, it burns his lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have. Harry Potter news. There's a third Fantastic Beast movie on the way. Yeah. Officially greenlit. Did you want to talk about that? Sure. Go ahead. I don't know anything about it. So go oh. ahead. Explain to me. Um, you did it just now? The headline was it? Somebody's been cast as a teacher from Ilva Mornay. Who? I don't know. Oh, well, what? But she's going to be in Brazil. That's when the movie's going to take place in Brazil. Oh, I did I did hear that. <laughs> Who cares? Um, but no, I, I think the headline you sent me, the headline was, there's going to be a new Fantastic Beast movie whether we like it or not yes that was the headline (laughs) um i think this one i read she is no longer sole script writer i did read that also steve clovis who did all the movies is coming to co-script write, and that is probably a good thing you were disappointed in the last one right oh my god did i even see it you had to have we were in chicago and you were like gushing all over the The costumes were cool i am still down with Dumbledore's coat, that corduroy. I know, but I thought that that coat? would translate into you seeing the film. With the, I thought you would ride the wave of the excitement of seeing the coat no. into seeing the movie. No. Okay. Wow. Let me let me let me. Let me. It has that like cat I, dragon. We did see it eventually. Right. Okay. Fuck. I had to really dig for that. I'm like, did we see it? <laughs> That's how memorable that movie. No. Uh, we rented it. Right. But I did not. Uh, go see it in the theater okay yeah no we like vod'd it when we had like a free vod or I something i think it's the one that yeah you must have seen it because it's the one that has the reveal about nagini in it isn't it that was in the trailer though 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that was like the third, like the third and final trailer, and you won't believe the surprise. It's Nagini. It's a lady. The surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still. It was cool to see the actual props. Yeah. From the movie, and I really liked Dumbledore's coat. Right. So I, I was liked, like, oh. like Jude Law's entire outfit there. Yeah. I mean, like I would go Smart on, on a date with him. Oh. <laughs> oh, I actually have a, 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 I think a note. I have been re-listening to our earlier episodes, and I think I think I can definitively say that she never called the giant squid a kraken. Oh, okay, so you're just insane, or just wishful. Mm. Mm. You can always reread the books. Oh, that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to have a kid I love so much. Oh, it would have to be an endless love. <laughs> it would have to be the kind of love that they would write fucking epics about. It would the kind of love that would launch a hundred thousand pages of filth to get me to read these books again. <laughs> uh, anyway. I don't think we have anything else Not to talk about with these chapters. But next time on Death Readers, it'll be uh, episode 31. We'll be doing another two chapters, I think. I think that's right. I think. Unless you get a surprise chapter. Well, we might do three. I, I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll look into it, but it doesn't really matter for the end of this episode. So um, I think that was it. So uh, that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. These reviews might seem silly, but they actually help us out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at Real Death Reader. If you want more Death Readers content, there's more available by joining Death Readers Patreon at www.patreon.com slash deathreaders. If you hate us and want to tell us how terrible we are, please send all hate mail comments to our Reddit account, you slash deathreaders. That's not his name? <laughs> we are cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try another one? Go for it. <laughs> I don't know why that one has to get cut, but okay. <laughs> why? I, I, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm a scat. I'm a real scat. Here's the part in the podcast where I want you to find a licensed free siren sound and have it play real loud after I say, uh... <laughs>